I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I'm underemployed, but I over deliver. <laughs> I might be an air sign but I'm not an airhead. <laughs> I kind of am. I think both of our taglines were actually like Emo. very good. And Ageless by Ramona. I'm very <laughs> into that. They fact were, they're that, evergreen this week. Right? Evergreen. Weren't they evergreen? Well, I am ever joyed, you guys, <laughs> with uh, one of my favorite guests on Andy's Girls, episode 197. You may know him as the co-host of the podcast you might know her from. And as his role as senior producer at VH1, we all know him, of course, as OG of the AG. It's none other than Damien Bellino. Hello. <laughs> I hope people know me from my job at VH1 like they know me from the cubicle, you know? <laughs> yeah, like the Real Housewives of LinkedIn. Like they see you. Yeah, I hope they you slide see into me their around. timeline. Me at the fax and the printer when I can't figure out what's going on. And it's like, (laughs) I'm like, I printed something out. One time I printed out pictures of Michael B. Jordan. This was like in 2014. It was like, I had just started working there within the like six months. And I printed pictures of him out to like put at my desk. As one does. I could not figure out what printer they went to. And I like searched (gasps) every printer like on like three floors and I never found them. So somebody was like, who's printing out like shirtless pictures of Michael B. Jordan? It was me. Um, I led a meeting this past year with my boss and a colleague and had to do, you know, like my computer linked up with the big screen in the conference room. So you could see 
once it like synced up, you could see everything that I was doing on my computer on the screen. And I went to access a Google sheet. And instead of accessing like the budget that I was supposed to reference, it was actually an accounting um, spreadsheet for my accountant of how much I made. (laughs) (laughs) And the look, I like froze for a second and it was too like you see it in a second then you have all the information you could ever and I honestly died I was like and there was you know because I'm a sociopath there was like color coding and color (laughs) uh coding and a lot of red and it was just awful it was real bad but we don't have to deal with these problems since offices are currently no longer a thing this is true this is true they're a thing of the past um do you think that you're going to be going into the office anytime soon or have they said anything or are you going to be working from home for the while? I think for the foreseeable future I'll be working from home and hopefully we'll never have to go in on a real full-time basis again is my hope like even if I go in it's like a couple times a week most at most. Do you think like forever? I think forever they're going to try to do some sort of model that's like less um you have to be there every day. Well P.S. that's what Yeah, that's what should have existed before the pandemic. And what I have always said, one of the reasons that I've worked as a consultant for so many years instead of honestly even applying to full-time jobs in an office setting is because I do not have the personality temperament to sit at a desk in a chair. Like I am more productive. I'm better at project managing when I'm going for a walk, when I'm like getting a fucking mani-pedi, when I'm doing all the things that we used to do, Mm -hmm. which is not currently on pause but like that's just my personality type. Like I need to be in different environments throughout the day. Otherwise I don't feel productive and I'm like counterproductive as a result so the idea that once we're out of this which I really think we will be I really think this is like the year uh it's a good thing to carry over some of these um kind of allowances that have been made because they can actually help people with like work-life balance totally I totally agree I I'm not um I'm not famous for my punctuality and so the office Mm -hmm. and it's like very flexible the office so like I would roll in you know like we work between like 10 to 6 and I would roll in like 10 ish Mm -hmm. and um now I like wake up and I start working immediately like I make coffee and I like chat send my emails Mm -hmm. and I like work from like 8 to like 11 and then Mm -hmm. I like stop and like have something dip for breakfast and then I like return and work until like 1 and then by 1 o'clock I'm like well, I'm going to go outside. Like I've worked a lot, but if, yes. like, opposed to like, you know, it's like I'm, I have a new system that mm-hmm. works and that's in place. I also just think that if so many people, I'm so fortunate and so fortunate and privileged to be able to work from home and be able to do my job. But I also feel like there's just like no need, like unless I'm on set, then there's no mm-hmm. need really to be at my desk every day when I can do it from my home. Yeah, I mean, I have started to think about the fact that I do probably need a job because I've been in fun employed since October. And I'm like, you know what? Like, this is actually real bad that I don't have an income stream. Hashtag Patreon.com slash Annie's Girls. Like, it's actually, it's a little scary right now. Like, I think I kind of need to get my shit together. Like, there, I just need to make some changes. Fingers Um, crossed that this is the year events are going to return. Yeah, but I think like even, you know, like there are other ways and other things that I kind of want to pursue. And then my hope is to like add on events. I mean, Cuomo just said not that this is a good thing, but that 
weddings or special events, if they're under 150 people and everyone is tested, are going to start to be allowed, which I think is a real bad idea. And I'm an event producer, but also, you know, hopefully with the vaccine and, and everything else, things can kind of, you know, we can have modified life coming back in rounds. You know, it's great. That's crazy. I honestly saw that and I was like, I that is. See that. It's insane. Wow. And I'm probably getting this wrong. And it was probably like four people. And I read it as 150 because mm. I want cash. But um, yeah, it's like completely wild. But I think it's changed a lot for all of us. I mean, I have to say, as someone who is either an hour and a half early or 15 seconds early, which means late for a meeting, I feel like I kind of like rush into meetings when it edged into zoom because I was just like shooting this shit so I would get ready shortly before but I did institute something for myself in the peak of pandemic where I refused if we were doing a zoom which happened constantly or, or google meet or whatever the fuck it was I refused to allow the video so like I only did no video for me but I could see other people mm-hmm. except I only did audio only where so people could see and hear each other and I yeah. just like went with audio because I felt I said to someone, I was like, honestly, the one thing that is like giving me life with like mental health is wearing PJs and a hoodie with no makeup 24 seven a day. And there's literally nothing on this <laughs> that's going to change it. So regardless of however senior level someone was, I was like, you're getting my audio, my pretty face, and you'll get the my emoji on the screen, which is a nice conversation starter. But you will never see my face because I am like in jammies all day and <laughs> I always from them. the waist down I'm always sometimes I put on a button down even for a meeting just to stunt on them oh, one day I, I put on that. like my Damien I have like a Damien like you know fake gold like uh nameplate necklace and like I put in like <gasps> earrings and like I sometimes it was just fun in the beginning it was fun you know what I do want to do because I'm like working on some in, um, Instagram live stuff for you guys and I want to like wear black tie to it because I have so mm. many black tie dresses and like cocktail like genuine cocktail plus things that aren't going to be used for the near future like I you're was gonna be like Mary Cosby you're gonna wear like wear couture on an IG live. And I'm literally going to be Mary Cosby because my room looks like a just walk-in closet. That's you can true, see a dress actually. rack behind me. So <laughs> I'm going to be stuck in the closet that's, I don't know, at least I would think, in my humble opinion, um, comparable to Mary's, but, you know, filled with style. And um, I would love it. My my twin, Mary Cosby. Um, Damien, listen, I'm so excited to chat with you. I feel like this is super necessary because... So much has been happening. So much has been going on. So much. We've So much. There's like so much happening. And I just need to deep dive. You and I send each other voice notes throughout the day. It's my favorite thing to get a voice note from you. Sometimes I forget because of like life. And then I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh, my God, I had four voice memos yesterday. Dallas really got me. Like We hadn't sent any in probably like a month or so. And then the season premiere of Dallas, which was totally a surprise to me when that came back. And I was like so hot. As you know, uh, yes. I like, sent you like four and I was like, oh, my God, did you watch this? I have so many thoughts. And I don't remember if I had seen it at that point. You hadn't, no. I hadn't. And so then I was like saving them to listen. And now with Salt Lake City, I mean, I watched the this week's Salt Lake City app today twice. Oh. Yesterday I watched it, but today because I was like 
this is one of the best things I've ever seen. But I also wanted to be fully prepped in my head because I like wanted to talk to you and like get your thoughts about everything because I haven't really done a deep dive of specific episodes as they air with my co-host, I believe, in like a hot second. It's been um, unpacking the, you know, minutia and details relating to other ha- sure. um, aspects of Housewives. So I really just want to get your thoughts on everything. I don't know where to begin. I usually tell you before we record, this is all on you. I'm I'm just here well, as a witness. We um, haven't really talked about Salt Lake City at all. All that I know is that from like all that I know as far mm-hmm. as your feelings go is that you love Heather and that mm-hmm. you... I know you've, like, you told me that there's, like, some, like, dark web stuff about Mary and her church, which, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know Mm -hmm. about, and I, like, kind of haven't given life to, because, like, I am sort of fascinated by her and, like, need her Mm -hmm. to come back and let that stuff that allegedly exists happen Mm -hmm. on the show. Like, I want... Yeah. So, um, if if you don't mind, I have a lot of thoughts about A Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I thought came in so strong, and for me, I felt like has (gasps) sort of, like, petered out towards the end, and I think that some of that, um... I thought that the birthday party was amazing, and I feel like post-birthday party, I feel like it's been, like, the last two or three episodes have been... I think that Jen's character is so confusing because she's at such a 10, which is, like, obviously really fascinating, but I feel like, one... like everyone's mad at something that Mary says happened but Mary and I know that some of this is again I don't really know about this but like some of this apparently is because Mary was a friend of and then got promoted sort of in the last moment but like Mm -hmm. she's not on the show on the um on the trip and Meredith and Lisa never confront her or they never have a conversation on camera about the things that were like allegedly said I believe that there was a conversation with the three of those women about Jen and it was probably somehow about the show or production which is why it was not filmed and it's not been spoken about but like no one's mad at Mary which I'm fine with I just like I think it's confusing to me that like Whitney's carrying this story along that like Mary said this thing like it just all seems like confusing and not and like Jen's reaction about like what was allegedly said about her then being scared of her like she's so angry and then the like saddest part of all is of all of this is like okay so my feelings about heather is that she's obviously like the greek chorus and she seems most grounded in reality that's great i always i'm like i always root for an underdog so i'm a little bit skeptical cuz like everyone loves heather which makes me nervous that she'll be like kyle or bethany moving forward but mm-hmm. the thing that was really sad for me about heather was that when she revealed to jen that like she was nervous that Jen was gonna like be like loot like abandon her friendship with um, Heather for Meredith and Lisa and like was crying about it I was like how is this person who seems like a real person have a real life friendship with Jen Shaw who seems I don't think Jen Shaw's acting I just think that like Mm -hmm. Heather shouldn't be crying over Jen Shaw Heather's seemingly very cool and real so it's like I just like the last few episodes everything is about Jen Mary put all of this in motion. She's not there. And I really am having a hard time rooting for, like, anyone to be, be um, patch up their friendships with Jen, you know? So that's my piece. And none of it, it's all kind of all over the place. But that, that's what I have been feeling. So regarding the Mary stuff, here is what I was wondering. Is the reason that Jen has pinned all of this on um, 
Whitney because she knows at this point that Mary is not full time and thinks to herself she can't involve someone who isn't a full time cast member. So somewhere in her head, she has decided to aim the brunt of this at Whitney because Whitney is at this point the person full time in the cast. I don't mean that in a way to say that Jen is being like manipulative or acting, but I genuinely think a part of her head is like like, the, it's like the Yoan. I was trying to figure out of a comparable situation where like a friend of was so, I mean, I guess Brandy is a good example where she wasn't Mm -hmm. there, but like, it was like Brandy said, um, I was wondering the same thing. Like, is the reason that Mary's not there is because, and like, are all these FaceTime conversations like done recently and they're like acting like this is like they're filming them out of order i just feels like a real loss and i think that the show is suffering for it because to me like i want mary there and like she is so peculiar and like not of this world of housewives that like Mm -hmm. it adds a different energy um that i don't know that is good but like i also want to see her friend like i need to see her friendships with other people and even if they're yeah so and i assume that everyone's gonna come back next season with the exception of maybe not jen but i think she will but just because like there's too much left here hanging here with her but like i feel like mary needs like i feel like there's needs to be um there needs to be somebody who is like actually mary's friend which would maybe just be whitney and they'll just pretend like that they were super close now but i like feel like there's just needs to be a translator also because Mary, again mary's just like of a different world she is of a different world and I feel like there has to be some sort of connection between the fact that she's not on the trip and she she does not appear to be as actively involved as a cast member as everyone else and maybe it's because at that point she was a friend of I, I but genuinely also she don't that, know like, she hosted that luncheon lunch at Balter yeah like that Met Gala lunch which like was one of the most iconic housewives dumb things that's happened recently and then I was so like to me I was like it may would make sense if like it was kind of like reversed where like that mm-hmm. happened towards the end and she became more integral, but it was like, but that was just them and her. So I don't know. I, I hope that it's addressed at the reunion. I kind of feel like it maybe won't be, but it just is confusing. Mm-hmm. And she, to me is like if Sonia Morgan and Paula Abdul on her series, Hey Paula <laughs> were merged together. It's like, there is a level of comic timing that's not, but it's not purposeful. And also like, like Sonia's is purposeful. Sonia's a genuinely funny person. Jo- like Sonia I think Gen- Sonia genuinely has comic timing, Mary, but she's Mary also, doesn't. but also Pookie. Sonia mm-hmm. is genuinely like, like believes her truth. And I feel like mm-hmm. that, even though sometimes it seems disconnected. And I feel like in that, in that like I, what does she, she owned a football team, right? A Nigerian football team. Yeah. Sonia like that, in those game. ways where she's like dead serious. And I'm like, well, okay. Anyway, I just, the Mary of it all is making the season like kind of Peter, like that, that, uh, her husband, Jen Shaw's husband, Coach Shaw's birthday party. That was like, I was like, that should have been the finale. Like it was so good. But I thought this episode, I mean, like I have to push back a little bit. I think like this episode specifically was one of the best I've seen in modern housewives history. I thought it was honestly impeccable. I thought the editing was a plus plus. I think the Jen stuff is so strange to me that it becomes like doubly interesting because I do believe that she believes this but she sets up a narrative that isn't based in truth and then gaslights her friends for not 
um, telling her the truth. But the problem is that the foundation isn't solid. So she says, who's lying to me? Is it you, Lisa and Meredith, Meredith or it's Whitney? And the answer, I think, to the majority of the viewers watching and certainly to the cast is like none of those three options apply. The, the conversation she should be having is with Mary because Mary is the one that told Whitney this info. And Jen has referenced that. So she acknowledges the role that Mary has played and yet in her mind has like reset this situation that's completely to me devoid of any actual truth when it comes to like the facts of this I don't believe in any way that Whitney lied I believe that Mary had some sort of conversation separately or together with Lisa and Meredith and said something. I think she was actually trying to like go to them on probably and said something and they were probably like, yeah, 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 whatever. Or as a flyaway comment. And then it scaled up from there. Yeah. I think there's truth to the thing that was said. Like, I don't know that it was mm-hmm. like, I'm scared of Jen Shaw, but it may have been like, right. I'm scared to film with her too. Cause she's like so erratic, you know? I feel like it could have been like that. And obviously that's exactly what housewives do. They take a piece of information like that and make it like she Mm -hmm. said, you were super scary. Um, So I'm appreciative that Mary has incited this drama. I just think it's weird that she's not a part of it. And I having trouble following, which I don't know this is a good, like I like, what is Jen's logic? Like then she like really spread rumors. She really said that Meredith was like dating somebody else and she saw it. And then wants (sighs) to like yell at Mary. And then Meredith to me is the, is the MVP. Like she's iconic her she's not engaging it's so fucking funny she seems like she doesn't want to be there which to me is always like again that might be old news like next season but like for it's her, perfect right now right it's now it's right so now. funny it's because perfect. she's like in it she, mm-hmm. yes exactly she her her son is trying harder than her and like her monotone mm-hmm. voice is so funny like I i'm into it. her and her disengaging from that conversation with jen about like how jen is like just say you're sorry and it's like Say you're sorry for telling Mary you're scared of me, but you're not going to up. Like she didn't. I mean, then they went to that like medium or the hypnotist. Who I loved. I was like, like, she's a hypnotist, but now she's like coaching their conversation. She's everything. I stan her Instagram. I want to get in touch with (laughs) her. She'll be a guest on here in a year. (laughs) Oh, she's going to be a guest probably sooner than that. I was like, literally, I just looked through all of her followers. Literally, she's following over a thousand people. And right before we connected, I was like still going. I just wanted to see like who she interested in. Like, what is her life's path? Like, I'm I'm very, very into her. No, but like the Meredith thing, you're 100% right. Because the reality is Jen is screaming at these people saying, I'm such a good friend to you. And you are... Uh, trying to say that I'm not which none of these women are actually trying to do while Jen is actively trying to harm these women like there's nothing worse to me Jen is blaming them most uh, um, passionately Whitney for harming her family and yet that's as a result of Jen's own behavior which she still hasn't taken responsibility for and also she's done bad stuff to Meredith specifically And yet is saying to her, I'm such a good friend to you. Why are you hurting me? And it's like, babe, double down on the opposite. Like, you should be so lucky to have Meredith even like halfway tiptoe around the idea of telling you anything ever again. It was it was wild to me. Jen's reactions to things were so off to me I I couldn't get enough and I'm not like judging her character or anything else I just think she was 
honestly flat out wrong with her thesis and then went downhill from there. So I have a question. Um, actually, two questions. First one is, do you think that Jen was really difficult to work with? Because I feel like we talked about this a little bit like via text, but I feel like it was such a choice to leave in the producer or camera person or PA, whomever said mm. to her, why did you splash the camera when she like freaked out at the spa in nature? And I wondered if they left that in as like a way to characterize that she's like reactive. I mean, we know she's reactive. I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to um, say. Like I, they were trying to use that to show that she's Illustrate, yeah you know, whatever, that she's mm -hmm. difficult to work with, that she, like, is, like, willing to ruin, like, the camera equipment while she's filming this show. Um, yeah, I just wonder if, like, she's been a nightmare and if she's going to get – if she's been getting a talk down. Um, Heather was on Watch What Happens Live. I think it was Heather, Heather and um, Meredith, Meredith a couple weeks ago. And Andy asked, like, them who sort of let fame go to their head so far. And he he Meredith said nobody, and Heather said – nobody but Jen in the beginning. And I just wonder if she's like, somebody was like, listen, fans are not into you like doing, like basically like doing an Erica Jane type of like, you're sort of picking and choosing from like the greatest hits and like performing it. And I, and like also you're like damaging camera equipment and like you haven't earned this yet. Um, yeah, I have to say, um, I don't know about difficult to work with in the sense of like, refusing to show up to stuff or being complicated in that way. I think probably one of the most difficult casts, it's like maybe New York <laughs> through various seasons. I mean, there are some touchy, sensitive housewives. And when it comes to Jen, I'm not sure, but she's certainly trying to create a narrative where she's on a, she's living a different kind of life than these other women. Like I was surprised to see a bodyguard and lower third that Jen had a bodyguard with her in Vegas. Cause I was like, under what world? So like, like this is just is, an accessory. This is a shtick. Is that the show being funny? Like, I think they, they did it with Giselle at the reunion for Potomac. And I wondered we're in COVID. So obviously there's a limit on how many people can actually be on set. A lot of these shows, have security just in case something goes wrong. Of course. And at Potomac, it would be no surprise if after there was a physical incident on the last season and they knew that they were reuniting two of the people involved in that, that they would mm -hmm. have security. So I'm like, is that editing post-production thinking it's funny to like label a security guard who the network slash production company has there to cover themselves? And they're like labeling it as Giselle's security or Jen's security as like a wink to the audience? Or is it like, did she literally have a person that she paid to show up like that. I, I wanted to know that because it seemed dumb. And I was like, I don't get it. I mean, I would put Giselle's bodyguard security person in a different bucket because that to me felt a little performative, which is something we discussed on the 2020 wrap up, mm -hmm. which I think is a point that you made that was really great in the sense of like, you know, there are shows that um, record reunions, whatever else, where it might be a tense atmosphere. And for a variety of reasons, they do have security there. Most shows do, my guess is, just for like the union of it all, plus the reality TV element. 
and shows don't typically show that person and it was a choice of production to almost like make it into a joke by showing Giselle's security which I agreed with with this situation I didn't think it was anything coming from production in the sense that I put this person or this role on the same kind of level as the Shaw squad which is like this doesn't feel real to me it's fine if she has an assistant but she's surrounding herself with like paid friends or something but they're technically glam but I don't understand what the jobs are that they're doing and it feels like a choice that Jen has made to illustrate herself in a certain way that's just like it doesn't fit I agree I love what you said about like paid friends which is I think is I thought that the most revealing and best scene with Jen was when she talked in her confessional slash with her one of her assistants about being depressed and like Mm -hmm. her marriage and like the Mm -hmm. ways in which her grieving her father and her husband was not around. I felt Mm -hmm. like it was one of the most humanizing, honest moments we've had with her, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that we've received that Jen with in the dynamic with the women, which is what I pay, you know, my whatever, my cable bill to watch this show. I want to watch the dynamic with the women. And I think like she hasn't shown that side of herself at all. And I think she is a really hurt person and really sad person. I think her marriage dynamic is fascinating because I have a sense, just my my perception of it is that like there is stuff that is not, that it's not all gravy there. And I think that her husband, his response to her behavior at his birthday party was like, you know, I just think that there's like more there, you know, like their dynamic her behavior, the way that she's like reactionary and he talks her down when they're on the phone. But what is that like when they're in person and all of those things? I I, I just want more of that. And I, I feel like she does is a sad person who hires extras to really be her like, quote unquote, staff slash friends. And I can't figure out when, like, when did this happen? I feel like I'm fucking up his name. I think it's something near Stuart, her first assistant. They Mm. seem to be a real pair. I I do believe that he's probably worked with her for a while. I don't know what she does for a living. I think it's, I think she's like successful in marketing. I could be pulling that out of my ass. I mean, that's, isn't that? There's like, I think she has a job that we've never seen, but I also could be totally wrong. I think I read that, but I could be completely off. I have no idea. It's wild to me that we don't know that, you know, it's wild to me that like, because I feel like I have an an inkling of like what Meredith does. I know what Mary does. I know what Mm -hmm. Lisa does. I know what Heather does. I don't know what Whitney does. Um, she has a skincare line. Great. Um, I know from this podcast that her husband is in a Ponzi scheme, allegedly. So but like, I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I, don't talk about I only it. care on the show when the stuff explodes on the show, then I'll be fascinated, but I don't want yeah, to, like, I honestly, I try not to give any of that I've stuff Googled too much it. life because I feel mm-hmm. like unless it gets like to be season six and they're like the star of the show and their mm-hmm. life is untouched, then I'm annoyed. But I feel like if it's like fair game for next season, great. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's interesting. How do you think the reunion is going to go? I think that Jen in her head is thought or think she's going to come and pull like a Monique and like eviscerate the other women, especially Mary. And I, th- I worry because I think Mary's going to like sputter out because she's not of this world. But I don't think that May- that Jen hasn't proven herself to be smart like Monique. You know, like Monique was like cutting and had like facts. And it was like, to me, it was like, wow. I just can't imagine Jen is, Jen th- is going to like come with like the school of housewives, but I just can't imagine her... Like, Meredith and Heather are so much more 
And I guess Lisa. I mean, Meredith and Heather are different. And Whitney are all, like, quicker than Jen. I mean, the difference to me is that the stakes were real and much higher with Monique because there was mm. a, a legal element and everything else. Totally. And Monique also had a history with these women on camera yeah. plus off camera that spanned several seasons and like a lot of changing dynamics with or consistent dynamics with Monique and Giselle's relationship and changing dynamics with um, Monique and Candace and everybody else. Versus Jen, who only has this season with us. It was a shortened season. And nobody really thinks that Jen's case makes sense. So as far as a dossier of information, like the Bravo sphere has been lit up talking about Mary's church stuff and all of that because it is of interest and it's shocking and it's like horrifying. And I think the person that would probably bring that up will be Jen, but I don't think that Jen has the ability to bring a dossier of receipts because I don't think that any receipts exist. And I also don't know what point she would be proving that she hasn't already tried to do on camera, which as we've seen and I think experienced online, it just honestly hasn't been successful. It's just she's not a great defender or advocate for her own perspective because she's incapable of listening to the other person that she's yelling at. So what's that going to do? Yeah. Like, what I, does that do for her? I don't know. I, I don't know. I hope it's good because I feel like it just, uh, I think someone tweeted this. It may have been Evan Ross Katz or someone else that I'm going to anonymously give credit here. But someone tweeted something like that, you know, Jen can come back, but if but only if the women are willing to match her. And I feel like last night's episode or whenever that aired, this week's episode felt mm-hmm. a little bit like anticlimactic to me because no one wanted to no one was matching her energy because it was like, what the fuck are you mad about? You've actually done worse friendship things than anybody here in this room. So I liked it because they didn't match her energy because they were refusing to meet her on this alternate reality she's decided to Mm -hmm. live in where they were like, you can make a fool of yourself. There is no reason for us to expend the kind of volume or energy to meet you for a, a fight that doesn't have really honestly at the end of the day anything to do with the women in the room. Whitney said Whitney spoke at the wrong time with Jen about this. I think the reason she did it was because she was on the housewives. She felt like this is a thing that she could talk about, whatever else. Like this was her little part to play. She said it obviously at the wrong time. She should have known better because of the birthday party and because of how Jen responds to things. This like isn't a woman who can necessarily take critique or at least not in a setting that that's like, that heightened where she's she would be it would be understandable for anybody to be stressed when you're like throwing this big event and there's stuff going on in your marriage and you want to show your husband how much you love him through like all the specifics and details whatever else but all that being said why should these women pretend that an environment of chaos that Jen has created is one they should participate in more than their like instinctive reaction which is to if you're Meredith walk away 
if you're Heather tried to deescalate at one point physically stepping in between Whitney and Jen, which was honestly to me, I watched that a couple times because I was like, that is a fucking friend. And that's someone who is either as a former um, resident advisor or of the year at Marymount Manhattan. Thank you so much. Would never uh-huh. do it again. Do not recommend it. But um, as like it felt like something that like I swear to God, I think I learned in RA training when it ter- when it comes to like de-escalating and it might not necessarily be safe for the person doing it, but you are physically putting your body in between the person that has been uh, that is uh, verbally under attack, you know, mm-hmm. like you're uh, and maybe that's not the right uh, language. And I apologize, but she put herself in the middle which was it's different than mediating a fight she was genuinely trying to shut it down and protect the person that she felt was being backed into a corner and was probably physically uncomfortable and I just thought that was a baller move and actually a true sign of friendship to Jen because she's trying to protect Whitney but she's also trying to like stop Jen using her body as a wall which I thought was really really smart and I also think these women are trying to talk to Jen and she's not listening to them so yelling is going to do absolutely nothing and it's also going to give credence to an argument and a reality that Jen has created that is just not factually accurate and it's weird to me that Jen is still defending her behavior in real time because it doesn't, to me, make sense. And I'm not yeah. talking about her thoughts and, like, feeling like you're under attack. And, you know, there are other perspectives to maybe share. But they're not related to the defense or whatever argument Jen is presenting, which is that one of these three people is lying to her. And I don't think that's the case. And I think regardless, have this conversation with Mary, who P.S. is going to have zero interest in having it. So it's probably not going to happen. But if you want to communicate about it, talk about Mary saying this shit, shit and trying to spread it through Whitney or whomever else. Or take a second. And when people are saying if you're going to talk about what a great friend you are and how I am treating you poorly, well, let's talk a little bit about this stuff that you said, because my most, the most triggering, frustrating thing to me is when someone fucks up and they like, uh, treat you poorly. They do something that was really hurtful. And it was like, not something that made you feel hurtful, but something that was genuinely hurtful, like gossiping about you or, or, or whatever, a work thing or whatever else. And part of their apology is I would never want to hurt you. I think that's bullshit in the, in the, you can take responsibility for it. You can say, I'm so sorry I hurt you. But Jen's intention when she's saying this stuff to Whitney and whomever else about Meredith's marriage was to hurt Meredith. She was pissed at Meredith because she felt like Meredith wasn't defending her. She felt that Meredith was choosing Mary. And so her reaction was like, let me drop in a couple nuggets of info of like side moments that I have seen of Meredith, um, you know, with some other person or some other person there to maybe fuck shit up because I was pissed. And the idea of you like I know it's such a small point but when you make an apology like just apologize I'm I that's why I fucking loved Kimberly whatever the fuck her name was Pearl Mutter some Heather Mutter but the fucking hypnotist life coach oh, like yeah, when yeah, she yeah. stopped that was actually ma- so awesome right I was like oh this is not like a joke I thought at first this was going to be like a joke person or like joke moment I actually thought she was really great she was when she like, did stop the- qualifying you're sorry just say right. you're sorry 
then don't and then and then Meredith I think kind of like nodded and it's nice to hear but like when someone does something specifically to hurt you and they say I'm sorry I would never mean to hurt you I don't think that's actually I don't think it matters I don't think it's valid but I also think you're lying about your intent yeah which was not right it was wrong and like listen that's what housewives is and if they were all not talking behind each other like that's why like even though Whitney chose the wrong time and place to tell Jen the stuff totally was the wrong place but also like she's decided she's the bone carrier and that's her role Mm -hmm. and I do so I think like I just feel like Jen all she needed to do was like be like Meredith I fucked up I was feeling butthurt about you befriending Mary like and I and what's interesting is like I don't even remember the the root of Mary and Jen's beef is that Mary said that Jen smells like hospital which was like the most iconic opening of an episode oh, unbelievable. but I mean season but but um mm. but even then like Jen's continuing to run with that as if like her friends by befriending this other woman who's their co-worker um mm-hmm. are being bad friends but also she's said, like made fun of that woman for being like a grandfather fucker in in earshot which is also like not kind so like let's just call the whole thing off but like the fact that like jen has carried this like whatever carried this torch for mary's you know demise until the end of the season and it's like and it's like mad at everyone else for being friendly with her is dumb also lisa barlow kept saying take it with a grain of consider the source consider the source in reference to mary but then when she and Mary finally FaceTimed in this most recent episode, there was no mention of, like, what did you tell Whitney? What did, Like, you know what I mean? I think it's weird. I think it's weird that there's no conversation between Whitney and um, – between Meredith and Lisa and Mary about what actually has transpired. Like, I just think that's strange. I think that's going to happen. I think it would happen if – if there was some sort of understanding about Mary's role, I think if Mary had been like truly full, and I might be wrong about this. This might be again, Mary DM me and let me know. Let us know if you were full time from the start. Um, I assume that it's true that she was um, onboarded at some point, but like she had been shooting for a while because we watched six months prior to her and Jen. Remember like Mm -hmm. when they're falling in the closet. So like at what point did they, and then Lisa was like, you're, you're like, you were right for not deciding to come on this Vegas trip. And I was like, did she not decide to come? Was there like a weird health thing that we're not talking about? Or, or like was that husband? recorded after? Yeah, like exactly, exactly. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I do think it's going to come out at the reunion. I think it'll be, be a big part of the reunion. I'm sad that it's a shortened season. I honestly think it's one of the most perfect seasons. It's like this is I, – I don't even know what to say. I like thank God every day for Salt Lake City, honestly, because to me this is what housewives should be, and I feel like – we are living in such a dark time right now and maybe some of us in the u.s feel a little bit of light with like a new administration new chance whatever else but there are so many complications that have come up and there's been such a reckoning in the bravo community and that's not necessarily what a lot of us signed up for like to be forced to watch people who don't make us feel good which is to not to say that these people shouldn't be garbage being garbage is like one of the best job qualifiers to be a housewife but it's just been kind of uncomfortable there have been some like uncomfortable watches or seasons like orange county that several of us haven't felt comfortable watching because we felt it would be too triggering or too upsetting whatever else and then i watched salt lake city and i'm like oh this is just good it's just like 
good TV and there are real conversations that come come out of it, like conversations about race that Jen has referenced on the show with the um, remarks about, I think it was like a 7-Eleven convenience store remarks that she said that Mary said and stuff that she said in real time and issues relating to infidelity and marriage and addiction. And there are real genuine stakes here and really interesting and complicated relationships. But I don't feel like dirty watching it, which I think is a really great signifier for the future of Housewives. And I just feel really, um, you know, happy about it. And maybe that's because it's the first season, blah, blah, blah. But I also just feel like these are honestly I don't know. I think some of that is, <laughs> is hopefully just like the magic in a bottle of like this cast and this city yeah. having like an identity mm-hmm. that's different than the others. But I think mm-hmm. that there is something about that this was shot like pre-COVID. And I think that that yes, is why there's, true. there's a lot true. of difficulty um, for me in watching like I'm over the acknowledgement of COVID and I know why there is an acknowledgement, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the, every time there's like them taking the temperature and like them in face shields, mm-hmm. like it's like, I have to uh, suspend reality and assume that this network and this production company mm-hmm. and whomever else, mm-hmm. the cast have decided mm-hmm. that they are like, that they have are doing things the, mo- the most responsibly way they feasibly can by combining households and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it like, and I, and yeah, so I find that exhausting. And I think we're going to see that again on the upcoming seasons of Beverly Hills and New York. And I mm-hmm. theoretically Potomac and Salt Lake City. I don't know if they started filming Yeah, Potomac yet. is filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that is like, it's part of it is like the exhaustion of watching housewives deal with COVID or not deal with, I think is also another thing. And then I think it's also the, you know, the country and the world's reckoning with with race post you know June mm-hmm. of 2020 is it like we were what I think that I think Jen's stuff about 7-Eleven is kind of bullshit because it was obviously like she used it to weaponize like something at the last minute in her fight with um, Mary but like not bullshit like that it didn't He's happen my eyes He's not, my not eyes. like um, yeah, yeah no no yeah yeah I hear but you. I think that she like pulled it out of her pocket to be like oh, you're not going to let me talk? Well, how about you said this? And it was like, that was out of nowhere and obviously didn't bother you seven months ago. It bothers you now because you're using it in a fight. But I think it's an interesting conversation because it's two women, two non-white women talking Mm -hmm. about race and it Mm -hmm. doesn't have this lens of 2020, which like I think has to inform every every conversation moving forward about race. But like we're going to watch Garcelle talk about Black Lives Matter for Mm -hmm. for the Beverly Hills cast. We're going to watch Potomac cast come back in now, like post BLM, post COVID times. And like, mm-hmm. it's all just like, we're going to watch Ebony talk about Black Lives Matter on New York. You know, it's like, we're going to mm-hmm. just watch this And hopefully stuff. Bershon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that is what it feels exhausting. In Atlanta, if I can pivot, I think Atlanta is always sort of a slow cooker. Like it always sort of takes like six episodes for Atlanta to get popping, in my opinion. But I think this season, what I'm, uh, what what you're talking about with what's so great about Salt Lake City, I think Atlanta, it's not as much like the COVID stuff, although Cynthia is like a whole separate kooky case. But it's like mm-hmm. watching Portia do this amazing work is wonderful, but tonally it feels weird because we go from her black and white interview and her cell phone footage of her protesting to then cutting to like a petty fight about stuff, including Kenya then criticizing Portia's activism, which. Mm-hmm. I think is a fair criticism the same way. I think that it's a fair criticism for 
the OC cast to say to Bronwyn, you never did anything for black people or had black people in your life or were doing um, activism prior to any of this. I also think that Bron I watched a little bit of OC reunions the first time I watched it all season. And Bron went to say, you're right, I didn't do that, but now I am. And the other women to say, sure, but like we just because we don't post about it doesn't mean we're not aware of the world. I think that Kenya criticizing Portia is interesting and she's allowed to have those thoughts. But I don't know that that's what I would do if I was on television. And I also don't know that that's what I want to watch. I don't want to watch someone tear Portia's activism down. Did Portia not know that the underground, what the Underground Road was like eight years ago? Absolutely. Is it a valid criticism to say like now she's got a New York Times profile piece and it's like this is her brand? Absolutely. Do I want to watch a woman use that as like a petty storyline on a show? I don't know. I don't think it's fun. Like Kenya's so good at the show. She's allowed to have those thoughts and roll her eyes. But I don't know that that's the choice I would make on camera because it feels a little bit icky and it makes me feel a little bit gross and I think what's to your point and just to, to go back to your, what you're saying about Salt Lake City it feels great because it's like pre this terrible year we're just coming out of it's like pre the protest pre-covid and it feels like there's a level level of levity and like old school housewivesy and I feel like now it's like trying to find this tonal like okay so this is a reality show but the real world is really bad and we can't ignore the real world so and it's hard I find it hard as a viewer and I think like I hope Atlanta will find its stride I hope that Kenya will drop like picking a fight with Portia about her activism because it's dumb and like Portia's the good that Portia's doing is better than any reservations Kenya has the same way that like the that like Bronwyn being active now is better than her not being act be, being changed after things, you know? But it just feels hard to watch it all because it's like, what? Oh, my God. This isn't what I signed up for. I want to watch people be drunk and fight and, like, talk about their money issues. I want to watch Erica Jane's life implode on camera. I want to watch a person who, like, has acted above it for years and had a fucking glam squad that they brag about their money. I want to watch their, fi their finances deplete and then have to explain to it people on camera like that's what I want so I'm hopeful for Beverly Hills I'm sorry I'm red in the face and I but I I don't know I feel like really complicated by Housewives like I feel like you're right Salt Lake City feels good because I feel like it's pre 2020 um okay I totally agree with you on the pre 2020 and that's what has helped Salt Lake City and I think it's also been helped by the fact that it changed production companies and had double the footage mm, so that they're mm -hmm. able to do these like little flashbacks sort of similar to the start of Beverly Hills last season when the eps felt very like snappy and zippy because they had all of this extra footage since they you know continued production after the Brandy reveals regarding Jen and Mary I want to go back to that point for a second I don't think that Jen was using that in any way as a strategic move to fuck with Mary aside from saying aside from potentially thinking to herself about this thing that happened several months ago where Mary said this stuff that I genuinely think triggered Jen and I think it was a really shitty thing and uh a disturbing comment that Mary made that she's essentially tried to defend during her appearance on I think it was watch what happens and um while also saying Jen was lying which like make it make sense but um I don't think in any way that Jen was like taking that out and like why is the timing weird I honestly think that Jen was thinking to herself I don't even want to use this 
but it always pissed her off, which is why maybe the um, you smell like hospital thing annoyed her twice as much because she was already harboring ill will about this person who said stuff that she found really upsetting and frustrating and changed how she saw this person. So when her relationship with Mary devolved to the point that it did, she was like, okay, you know, I was really pissed at you for the hospital comment, but this is actually the core of why I was angry. I honestly think the core of what began her quasi war with Mary was not the hospital thing. It was the comment about the convenience store, whatever it was, the specifics of which I don't want to reference because I'm not going to get it right. Several, however many months prior. And I think that was a real moment that maybe she didn't want to go near because it was too delicate or she was trying to let it go. And Jen's not great at letting stuff go. I really and disagree. <laughs> That's okay. We can agree to Absolutely. disagree. But I just I, think yeah. like it was totally calculating and like Jen's not a black woman telling a black woman. And I, and I, as a person, listen, I'm not a person of color. I don't feel qualified to talk about this, but I also think like it's a class thing also. So I think that Jen's comments to like Mary, like for Jen to be like harbor holding on to something that was like so triggering to her that she's like now calling this black woman out. It's like, Mary is bonkers bullshit, bananas crazy, and on a different universe. But I also felt like it was something that, like, Jen had in her back pocket. And she knew that if Mary didn't, like, shape up and apologize for the hospital comment, that she was going to throw it out there. But she had no problem filming with Mary and not bringing it up. Maybe, maybe, maybe to your point, maybe in a way to, like, protect Mary because she didn't want to put it out there. But I, like, have a little bit based on Jen's reactions to everything else we've seen, I, I just take a little bit of her having like being really triggered by it hard. Like I don't think, I think if Jen was really triggered by it, it would have come out on the show because I don't think she's a person who, I don't know. I just like, I think it was like in her back pocket and she was like ready to go. She was like, okay, cool. We're going to do this. Jen is married to a black man. Jen has black children. She has two black sons. I think Jen has a right to say that what you were, the way that Mary was categorizing it was completely inappropriate and wrong. 100%. I just think like the idea that she was like so triggered would have come out then with Mary or in subsequent times of filming. I mean, I don't know the timeline. Also, I don't feel super comfortable talking about it because as, as a white yeah. person, you know what I mean? But I also just think like it seemed calculating to me the same way that Shannon, if we're going to go all over the place, like Shannon brought up Bronwyn's behavior from like four years ago to be like, this thing happened. It all just, and this is housewives, so I don't want to be mad at it. Like, but it is interesting when like people bring information to be like, well, four years ago, Bronwyn, you said to my daughter this. And I was like, interesting. And then- then there was like this reaction to it. And then Shannon was like, it's okay. What? What? Sorry, I, mean, I know I it's like a drastic. Yeah, I haven't seen Orange County, so I don't I don't have a ton. I just think the Jen stuff, I really honestly take Jen at her word. And my gut instinct there is like she was genuinely troubled and kept that deep down. And for whatever reason, which maybe she was uncomfortable in the moment or she was trying to let it go or whatever else, she didn't say it. And maybe, yeah, there was a moment where she was like, okay, you really pissed me off. I'm going to reveal this thing. Because I'm so angry and I didn't bring it up before and I'm going to reveal it to make you look bad or whatever. But I do think in that moment, Mary deserved to look bad. Like, yeah, if Mary absolutely. Said that, Mary yeah. Said, if Mary said that, which obviously it seems like she did because of her reaction to watch mm-hmm. what happens live, then absolutely. She's allowed to be called out on being anti-black and being yeah. a classist. Or whatever the, yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever, whatever we want to classify whatever that as. Whatever language is appropriate. Yeah. And Jen does have black sons. 
and a black husband. Totally valid. I think Jen has not been a reliable source for me based on her behavior the rest of the season. So I think I just hold it in a little bit like I think it was calculating. It doesn't mean that her reaction to it is like invalid, you know? Yeah. And I just think regarding, I mean, like, and we'll agree to disagree on that. I think that's great. I think that's why Andy's Girls is great because this, the best case scenario is to have different opinions about this stuff. I think that is the last time we agreed about too much. And I think our episode was kind of boring. The one last one on one we did. Well, that's not happening this week. <laughs> really, because I'm I defending wanna... Mary. You know, I just love to. No, root you for are. An you love her, and you think she's great, and you can't wait to tithe 107 <laughs> percent of your salary like everybody else that's forced to in her congregation. And you text her on her birthday 14 times a day. Um, I think that's wonderful, and I'm so glad that you said that to me and everybody, and to the thousands of people listening right now. And I think we all heard it. Didn't we hear it, guys? We heard it. Um, but just to push back a little bit, or just pivot back rather to the Atlanta conversation. The interesting thing to me about Portia is is the fact that there was that hiccup with her um, misunderstanding regarding the Underground Railroad Railroad, and to see how far she has come. Absolutely, the evolution since that point, and for her to become a genuine, legit powerhouse, actual unbelievable historic I would say activist in this time from Georgia of all states which really fucking in my opinion saved our country a couple times over um I just it was it made me sad when Kenya said those comments because it could be seen as like this is the thing that Kenya does or this is her way of like being shady or performative or or you know she's just saying this to like fuck with Portia because she's jealous or whatever else but Mm -hmm. it is interesting to me that in the most recent episode of Atlanta or the episode before when um Candy is talking about her um charity event and how generous the women have been and she has this confessional where she gets into a little bit of a candy voice where when she gets really upset she gets like a little teary like there's like a little bit of an edge there when she's talking about somebody who wasn't as charitable who could have been and then references on an episode of speak on it with Don Juan that the person she was referencing was in fact Kenya and my instinct which is what I discussed in the last episode of Andy's Girls which predated that um speak on it um was that there or at least my knowledge of it was that my instinct was that the person Candy was referencing was Kenya. Totally. Because my thinking about this was Kenya was doing saying that shit about por- Portia specifically to divert attention away from what Kenya herself hadn't done, which is up to her and it's not my place to critique her. But there is something to be said for trying to not hurt, but trying to like dismantle someone who has created a really in my eyes entirely positive platform and done so much genuine good for our country for society and Kenya's role in that not only as a housewife but maybe as like a little bit of a broken person is to try to get people to critique it and in doing so not ask themselves well what is Kenya doing like Kenya's not saying my work is more important than Portia's she's not saying anything about what she's done she's only interested in tearing Portia down which I just think is like not great to see and also makes sense when you consider you know Candy's response which is like some of these women really stepped up and the ones who 
you know, Candy herself would probably consider a really good friend like Kenya didn't. I know not when it not where it counted. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think it just makes me feel icky. Like, I think that Kenya as a human being is allowed to have questions about Portia. I think it's a Mm -hmm. choice to bring it up on camera and make it like a plot point. And I've talked to friends who are like, I love what Portia's doing. She didn't know what the Underground Railroad was. These are black friends who are like, uh, like, I'm not into it. That's their prerogative. But they're not on a show making it their storyline right. on camera. And I think it makes me feel icky because I'm like, these are, sure, you're allowed to think this, but it feels gross. And obviously mm-hmm. it's in a different light knowing maybe like when you watch what Candy and especially Portia are doing, it does feel a little like, I don't know, this doesn't feel fun. So I'm hoping that Atlanta is going to get to some of the fun. I'm confused also, like, I don't know, not to be judgmental, but like I'm confused by how Kenya can afford to fry, fly private and what was that? I was like into it. Cause it seems, I was like, isn't Kenya like not rich? Like this is weird. Like not rich like that. Like that she's flying her and a new friend who I don't, I like I'm kind of into because of the dynamic that she brings, but I know nothing about this uh, Latoya. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But Atlanta... Why would you spend your money that way? It so dumb. It's sense. so dumb. Buy shoes. It's like, like a power spend- move. It's just a power right. move to let the... She also could have like... Yeah, it's just weird. That also, she didn't she- want the other women to know about? Like, what the fuck kind of power and move And so I will that? say, I have a business... I uh, don't know how I feel about Drew yet as a housewife. Like, I feel fine. I don't have... I think her husband is awful, or at mm. least was awful in the first couple episodes. No, still, still is. Um, and so that's interesting, but... You know, I sort of like have my, she just met some of the women, but I loved that she low-key dropped the private jet thing at dinner, Mm -hmm. even though apparently Kenya told her not to, because it is such a weird thing and to do, and then to tell the new person, oh, by the way, I'm not flying you private. Also, I just told you this and also don't tell the other women, but I'll see you at your dinner. It's like, what? So I was, I felt like that was a boss move on Drew's part and I'm excited to see how she... Like, I, I just, like, I'm, I hope that she's better than Eva. I feel like I compare them because of them both being sort of, like, actors and, like, people mm-hmm. that have, like, been in the industry opposed to sort of these unknowns. Um, but I was into that move. I felt like it was, like, really low-key. And Kenya was like, ha, ha, ha. It's weird. Also, why didn't LaToya show up to the fucking dinner? I'm confused by, like, the friends of roles and the ways in which, like, they sort of, I don't know, just, like, show up and then are, like, why is Shamia going on the show, on the trip? Is she officially a friend or is she just a guest? It's all very I think confusing. she's a friend because she got a confessional, which was yeah, her but, first or one of her first. But the LaToya stuff is weird because I'm like, is LaToya full time? But, but she's LaToya not, has no confessionals. She is, But she shows up. And I think the problem here is the timing of it because the new housewife whose name I literally just forgot. Her husband's name is Ralph. Drew. Drew. Oh, my God. I literally just forgot. Apologies to Drew. But this is why when you don't show up <laughs> for group filming events, I literally forget who you are. Um. Because she had to leave town because of Ralph's um, dad, I think it was, who passed away, and she had to quarantine, or there might have been another family situation that she had to leave for, she missed some of, like, the big events, which is where a lot of conversation has happened. It just feels so disjointed, and because Toya has been there, I'm like, wait, is Toya – it feels like Toya's full-time, but then I'm like, 
should I then know more about her because she's so much on camera? Because when she only comes at me with like big Kenya energy, but I don't know any backstory and to Kenya's benefit, like her backstory helps save her from some of her bad behavior. What's or at least yeah. thinking only about her bad behavior. It's very confusing. I agree that Latoya seems more in, um, integrated into the group and also that she does seem like she theoretically has an interesting backstory and also like a very modern one in that she's a like youtuber and i think like mm. a pretty a really successful one like has millions of subscribers good for her um, i have no idea like i think that's like one of the things i think that's the thing that she's like quote unquote famous for and that's also great. based on like the tidbits we've gotten it sounds like she has an older husband maybe her second husband and like several children and like she's remember. going through a divorce and i was like what why is i want to know more about she's this she's going through a divorce I think she's going through a divorce or she's separated and she's like, yeah, we're not together. I feel like I should know this. I've seen so much of her, but all she, all I've seen of her is like her reactions to stuff. And I I'm like, know, wait, it does. it's like, I can't trust the source if I don't know who the source is. I wish that they had just like made Lauren or Shamia like a housewife or an official friend because then they could mm. have been incorporated since like Lauren and Portia are with each other in the same household anyway. I don't know. It just, it's all confusing and like Lauren not inviting Kenya. It's like Lauren is not involved. Like Portia had nothing to do with it, but now it's like Portia's fight to bat. You know, it's like Portia's thing because she was Lauren uninvited Kenya, which like was rude, but also like you got her point when you watched Kenya then badmouth her sister for her activism, you know? I I'm hopeful that oh also I want more Tanya. You know I love Tanya because she's such like a nerd and she's like such a different she's Canadian. She's such she's a, a nurse. Mm -hmm. She's like square. Um, she just like has a totally different like vibe and like, I don't think mm -hmm. she's cool or like amazing, but I like her cause she's like a totally different type of Atlanta housewife than we've ever had before. And I want mm -hmm. more of her. Like I, I feel like she and Marlo, like they could have just made them fucking full time for this, especially this weird season. It's like, you're already all in a bubble. They're going to invite them anyways, friends, just make them full time. And people have been saying for forever that like Marlo isn't full time by her choosing, which I have never believed and have said on previous Andy scrolls. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. And then it came out this week. There was some sort of response she said on social that the reason she wasn't full time was because of like the cast feedback or something about whether or not she should have a peach, which I was so confused by because I've seen people on the cast previously say that she deserves to be full time. It's very confusing to I me it was why she isn't holding a peach. Very, very confusing. Wasn't this answered at like BravoCon or Watch What Happens Live with like Andy? Like they said basically that executives like from the production company and Bravo as a whole couldn't come to a, like a consensus on Marlo and that's why she's it's never possible. It just I think that whatever has hold, held her back in the past has just been that they don't know, like, mm -hmm. what her home life is like. Like, what is her mm -hmm. source of income? She's always wearing, like, couture or fashion. Um, but, like, you know, it's like we just don't know what her mm. life is. And honestly, in 2021 now. I'm kind like, of into that. The world is I just like so that. different. It's like if Marla yeah. has, like, four different, like, older men you that are, her, like, her boyfriends. Teach me your talent, honestly. Like, I'm kind of, like, open to it. Like, I think Housewives is just so different. Like, we went from, a sh like, always having, like, a token single one with, like, Bethany mm -hmm. or Kim Zolciak. And now I feel like it's more common than not that the women are divorced or mm -hmm. they get divorced as soon as they join the show. So, like, the idea that Marlo couldn't be on because her home life is unconventional. It's, like, literally if Marlo has, like, five different boyfriends and they all mm -hmm. sort of, like, afford her her lifestyle and she's just, like, a fun aunt and wears fashion and her that's what her life is, like, I want to see it because that's actually interesting. 
I, as I die, completely agree. And um, I do want to get your thoughts on Dallas. Oh, my God. What, I know. I think like I've done a workout being here. I think you have. We've put in some <laughs> steps. We've put in some miles. And I'm so glad that we um, disagree about so much because I think that makes me very happy. There is I zesty. know. This is going to bite me in the ass. My been defending fucking Mary Cosby. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't. But I wasn't. <laughs> Um, okay, so Dallas, I love Tiffany Moon. I think she's a wonderful addition. But I just think that it's such a gross look for Bravo to bring on an Asian woman. I'd love to know the timeline. Um, Tiffany, DM us and let us know if you were hired pre or post the scandal of Brandy's, uh, like, viral video like video going viral because you're saying it's gross that the network may have done it as a direct response thank you thanks for giving me better thanks for saying that in a more succinct way (laughs) of course um yeah i think it's like a really gross response to a really a really heinous thing i also think that like to use my not a reliable uh like narrator or not a reliable whatever source i feel Mm -hmm. like it's hard to believe uh, brand. I mean, not Brandy. I'm not counting her, but it's hard to believe Cameron or Carrie and, and Deandra and to a lesser extent Stephanie that they actually cared at all last season that Leanne was being racist because I think what it meant was they were well, Carrie was mad that it was targeted at her and they all hated Leanne because the, she seemed to be favored with the network and the production company and the editors. And so I think that they hated that and they were glad to watch her dry out. Um, so I think what's really disappointing is how quickly everyone has like been quick to sort of like coddle Brandy and say like, well, you went to rehab and are sorry. And ever we all know you're a good person. It's like, it's you, I mean, Brandy's not like, maybe isn't an evil person. She still was racist. And that's like, those things are not mutually exclusive. So I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch Brandy cry. And I don't want to watch any of those other fucking women, including Stephanie, who I feel like is sort of the Heather Gay or the whatever. She's like the fan favorite and also Mm -hmm. like the voice of reason. I just like don't, I question her character because, and it's like, you know, it's like watching her be like hold her friend. It's her real life friend. I get it, but it's hard to watch because it's like, what? And then the solution is to bring, an Asian woman in who does all of this like emotional labor to explain racism to Brandy. I don't. And like, they also like, we're so drunk and it's like Tiffany telling her, her like story, which is heartbreaking and uh, amazing. She's amazing. I'm obsessed with her. She, cause she's so funny and cool and like seemingly real, but then obviously has like these amazing accomplishments. But I just feel like it's such a gross look for the network, and I just don't think it makes any of the women look good coming off last season. So I'm like, and I, I really despise Carrie with a K. Like, I dislike her. I liked watching her be a mom, actually. I was, I heard your last episode where you were saying, like, I don't want to watch, it's like the Lisa Rinna of it all. Like, I don't want to watch your child's trauma be exploited for storyline. And I 100% agree, especially like on the Lisa Rinna front. But I liked what, I felt like it humanized Carrie mm-hmm. to see her be a different, like, and then her daughter, like, to make fun of Carrie in the way that, like, Carrie is, like, really annoying. It was great. And I then she was, was like, but then actually, like, her annoying voice was, like, really calming. I was like, that's sweet. I can't stand your mom. And I don't think you can either. But she was actually, like, a rock for you. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll warm to Carrie if there's more of that. Like, I was shocked that that storyline affected me the way that it did because it did humanize mm-hmm. Carrie. But I don't know. Dallas is hard. Cameron is 
also like Ma- uh, not like Mary, but also on a different planet and also like not a good look. Like her like squawking about Tiffany's like the chicken feet. It's like, yeah, you don't want to eat the chicken feet. I'm sure lots of people wouldn't want to eat the chicken feet. But to like to use this thing as Tiffany, you're generalizing your culture. I was like, you're dumb. You're a dumb person. And then to watch <laughs> Tiffany like be getting gaslit and then having yeah. to be like, okay, I'm sorry I forced you to eat a chicken foot. You're right. But I want like the, the caveat is that it is associated with my fucking culture, you dumb fucking idiot. So like stop gaslighting me because about like me and my culture it has nothing to, like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I just think she was incredibly disrespectful in every way. And one of those ways was she was incredibly, I, I would think it would be perceived as very disrespectful, the, what she said about the chicken feet. And I think like, okay, if you want to say the point that you're a picky eater, which, okay, no problem. And you didn't want to eat it and you felt like you were pressured to eat it. Okay, let's put that aside. And Tiffany responded many times with apologies so like no big deal but the ways that you said you didn't want to eat it and the fact that you considered it disgusting and gross and made jokes about it and make jokes about it in real time and have said stuff that's really problematic about Tiffany on various yada it doesn't look good and the fact that you are in the ways that they tried to like pre-mute Tiffany's reaction to the Brandy video by setting up an environment where the only choice was um uh, uh, gratitude and empathy toward Brandy and not an understanding of how harmful that behavior was and how harmful it can be to like deny someone the ability to communicate um, their own feelings like that's not great and <laughs> to put it lightly and um, Cam's response to stuff to make fun of a woman of Asian descent who is saying I'm uncomfortable with the ways that you are characterizing food at this event that was specifically coordinated in order to share with you examples of my culture and welcome you to something that you may or may not have experienced and your reaction of that is not only to make fun and act with horror about things that were presented to you but then deny the reality of the impact of your behavior is weird and it's like it just makes it a tough watch to me but I know that people are loving Dallas and I love that and I think the um Carrie with the K scene with her daughter was really helpful I agree that it humanized her in a way that was really interesting and made me like not hate her for three minutes which is <laughs> three minutes I, I know really I forgot that I was like I hate Carrie and then I was like actually yeah, like in this one, con- like the fact that Carrie, I think, and feel free to tell me to go fuck myself because I might be lying, but like the fact that Carrie, um, not as much as Mary would on a daily basis, but the fact that because she's a liar, but the f- I'm just <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, but the fact that Carrie with the K, um, said to her daughter at one point, like, how can I help? The when her daughter was recounting and saying that her mom would say like, how can I be a support system to you? There's something along that lines when she was really in the depths of feeling anxiety and depression I thought was really poignant because it's not just someone saying like I'm here for you it's someone saying like how can I be best here for you which I think is really great and the other stuff I'm like ugh, like I don't really I get Deandra's point about the Carrie annoying her and I'm sure I would be annoyed I can't imagine being in a car with her five minutes let alone five hours or whatever the fuck they were doing on their very strange little like business situation I can't imagine what those events were like um they were probably fine um 
yeah, I just am like, okay, like this stuff is happening. Like Carrie, yeah, Carrie does seem incredibly passive aggressive to the point of being not passive about it when it comes to like saying slight remarks and the timing of stuff isn't good, including when Deandra's talking about like her dad's suicide and Carrie has like a weird joke. It just doesn't look good, but I'm happy people are enjoying it. And I, in a weird way, maybe liked this week's Dallas more than Atlanta, I guess. I don't know. I don't really care. I, I, but I, there's stuff to talk about. I just, I think Tiffany, Dr. Tiffany Moon is a shining star and I love her so much. And I wish that there was more going on, but I'm also like, okay, well, let's see what happens next. Like I like hearing about Stephanie's charity work. And I think that's really great and I know that Travis IRL is whatever people say but like I like watching their watching their marriage kind of evolve a little bit Mm. and I think that he does love his wife and I know that she loves him and I think that's a great thing to see on TV where he's learning how to support her in a way that he hasn't necessarily been asked to support her before like that is nuanced and interesting to me and I'm kind of attracted to him and I know that's a problem (laughs) and I'm working on it but um you know like okay here we are I mean what else is there to say you know it happened and I think that's great and I think it's great that Dallas happened and it'll Uh happen again next week and we'll see what happens um Damien I could talk to you about it forever including what a journey it was really fun and honestly like I hadn't talked to you about housewives in so long in such a thorough way I needed this I really did. I feel really like it was like kind of like how I, I had therapy today, too. So it's like double therapy. Oh, I love that. I just really appreciate how wrong you are about Mary. And I love that about you. Well, and I wait, just I, really before we go. Tell me. <laughs> wait, tell me. I don't I'm not defending Mary's actions. And I want to know you are. You said that you love her and you want to join her church and you got your mail. I, well, I want to be day clear that I'm not defending what she said about the 7-Eleven. And I don't want to negate Jen's feelings about she's yes. married to a black person and has black black children. Yes. But. I do question Jen as a source, and I do think Mary is a fascinating character despite what the the dark web is saying because I want to see that stuff explode on television. I don't want to, like, demonize her yet. I want to watch mm-hmm. her sputter, but I don't know if she can do it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm signed up. Can I say something? And I, I, I mean this with love. I really do. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to get into this right now. It's, like, for next week. But, like, you and I have a difference of opinion about Kim. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's like we're going to have a difference of opinion. Totally, about Mary, totally. In the same way that Kim is kind of like of another world, I think that Mary is kind of of another world. <laughs> I just don't want to say <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, Big Kim energy. Okay, Damien Bellino, listen, we have a new segment on Andy Scrolls called Small Business Satchels, which are in honor and homage to um, Satchels of Gold for AG listeners, mm. thoughts and feelings, comments and concerns. I want to highlight some listener small business satchels, your small business satchel, perhaps one from me, just your favorite small business restaurant, bar, store, company shop whatever you would like um because we know as new york city residents how fucking crazy and scary it is for small businesses especially right now and um we want to highlight them so damien what is your small business satchel my small business satchel is uh sisters uptown it's a bookstore in Harlem. Um, Books! It might be like considered Washington Heights. It's like 156 and Amsterdam if you live in New York. Um, and it is a black-owned uh, bookstore that is 
I, they call themselves like a resource center. Um, they're not just a bookstore, but they are owned by, it's owned by black women. It's owned by a family. I believe they are sisters. Um, and I discovered them this summer when I was buying some Angela Davis books that I could gotten, get nowhere. And I didn't want to like, mm. I wanted to buy them from a black owned bookstore. Mm. So I found Sisters Uptown. And then when I went there, I also, I've gone back a couple times because I also bought Mariah Carey's book there. So it's not just sort of like, they have all different um, types of, books and other types of resources and uh and i think going into black history month also you know it's another great reason to celebrate them they have modified hours for covid but you can also order from their website and they will ship to you and then you also if you live in new york you can order from them and then just like call ahead and go in for your books you can just pick them up it's wonderful they like it's like a little family it's very home-like um and yeah you can get everything from angela davis to mariah carey so like what could be better Oh my God, I love. And I'll include in the show notes for this week's episode information of how you can support this amazing small business. Say the name of the um, store again. Sisters Uptown. Bookshop. Sisters Uptown. Shout out to you. Um, I can't wait to shop uh, with you guys soon. Okay, I have a listener small business satchel that I read and laughed my ass off. So I hope you guys enjoy it <laughs> as much as I did. This is a small biz satchel sent in via Patreon. Uh, so thank you for your cash, Kate, in Boise, Idaho. And Kate says, hi. I know that we have different food tastes. Sidebar, she had me from there. And this would not be for you, but I have a small business satchel I'd like to highlight. My college friend, James Forbes, started a charcuterie company. Sidebar, I'm a 20-year vegetarian. I'm so into this. Charcuterie company in Ohio and is making really incredible stuff. I just got a new kit in the mail. (laughs) He has gathered up the best Ohio cheesemakers, beekeepers, preserve makers, cracker people. What do we even call that? A baker? Well, he got (laughs) I was like dying at this one. Well, he got them all together and is selling these kits. And what a fucking treat to your future self than to get cured meats, cheeses, and treats delivered just in time for Salt Lake City. Named as an homage to where we went to college together, North Country Charcuterie is awesome. You're supporting him, his family, and his employees, as well as other small businesses in Ohio. I don't even live in Ohio. I didn't care too much about Ohio until I got to spoon his chorizo onto a saltine cracker alone in my basement watching TV late, late at night. And now I really, really care about Ohio. Is that not? <laughs> That's a, that is well written. Kate, if you are not sending me Satchels of Gold Classic already, please continue to slide into my Patreon DMs and do so because I want to honestly read that every week. And I literally haven't eaten meat let alone cured meat in over 20 years um that's fantastic so guys i'm going to include some information about this mr james charles and james uh, john james charles oh my god sister why was i I've seen oh my sisters. god I'm, sister. I'm sorry apologies to ohio <laughs> james forbes apologies i'm gonna include some info in the show notes to north country charcuterie damien is judging the fuck out of me and listen guys i'm gonna make things a little light and zesty with my small business satchel which is 
dedicated to my friend Shop So Messy, who you can follow on Instagram, that handle, Shop So Messy, who has honestly one of, I'm not like an Etsy person, um, but I visit Etsy, the website, as I've been told it is, frequently to look at the items available on Shop So Messy's um, Etsy page because she makes these unbelievable pieces of art where she takes um, some of our- Are you looking at a piece of her art right now? Yeah, I'm staring at it right now and I'll put it up on Instagram stories tomorrow when this episode goes out. And she, you've seen these before, but she takes- um, because I've shown them to you because I freak out over them. She takes like some of our favorite or iconic housewives and redesigns them as like Elizabethan or Renaissance, uh, Victorian, whatever else, almost like oil paintings, and she puts it on a vintage plate. Oh, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. hang it in your house. And at first I was like, wait, you can't eat off the plates? Like they're art? What's art? Oh my god, it's not a shoe. And I got one and I have Sonia and Tinsley. I'm dying for Portia. I think also Heather Gay one has one too. They're so well done. It's like one thing to like wear merch or buy something as a joke, which I've done before and I love. And it's like maybe you wear it or use it. Maybe you don't. But it's an LOL and an inside joke. And that's great. These are genuinely gorgeous, like a conversation starter. Someone comes into your house when that's allowed in 2026 and you and they see the plates. They're going to say like, oh, who are these people? It's genuinely she does such good work. Follow her on Instagram. I can't say enough. There's one with T'Challa. There's like so much. I love it. And it's honestly makes me happy. I have those two plates above my Manolo um, shoe wall and I look at them every day in my bedroom. I'm staring at them right now they honestly bring me so much joy so shout out to shop so messy and i'm going to include in the show notes for this week's episode the three businesses for you guys to support and would love for you to and if you want to send me a small business satchel or a satchel of gold would love to have them and the best way to do it um is to email andy's girls show at gmail.com and if it's a small business satchel or a satchel of gold just make sure to include your first name and town um because i love to hear uh where ags are from listen speaking of uh, amazing um fabulous things i was so excited to be on richie skies youtube this whack past week talking about all things kelly dodd and erica jane so i'll link to that in the show notes we talked and it's a fun little video interview for a solid hour about <laughs> kelly and erica and more so i highly recommend that you um watch that at your leisure um and i was also featured in another piece on vice that actually went up during our recording oh. <laughs> i got a notification about it from uh the journalist um who wrote this uh, amazing piece and i'm um so appreciative to um alex uh zaragoza and um it's uh an in-depth profile of kelly dodd doxing a friend of mine bravo historian a bravo account this past week and so i'll link to that in the Jesus. show notes for this yeah she's just full of fun in the show notes for this week's app and um exciting announcement listen we andy scrolls the uh the slogan the fun little uh, situation about ag is it's considered the people's people's couch well at long last the people's people's couch is waiting for you there is a new level added to the andy scrolls patreon you sign up 
starts at two bucks a month at five dollars a month you get bonus episodes ten dollars a month you get even more and invites to special events including a zoom kiki that will happen uh next month in february for galletine's day um and more info on that on next week's episode but uh listen there's a new level on patreon called the people's people's couch where you get to co-host on an andy's girls patreon episode you can ask any and all questions about housewives andy's girls bravo me whatever you'd like um netflix reality tv other tv shoes whatever (laughs) and if you'd if you'd prefer not to appear on an episode you can choose the topic for me to discuss with the episode dedicated to you who needs a cameo when you can have a kiki with me it's on patreon.com slash andy's girls has never been offered before and as we approach episode 200 what better way to become even more of an OG of an AG, but like an owner of a portion of the people's people's couch. And, you know, it's um, uh, encouraged that you sign up for one month and then you can go down to any other level that you want. Or if you'd like to be on a Patreon episode every month until the end of time, I'm more I'm happy for you to do that and enjoy that as a part of your journey. Um, so go to patreon.com slash Andy's girls to sign up to be a part of the People's People's Patreon couch and more. Damien Bellino, where can people follow you and listen to You Might Know Her From? You can find me on all the things at Damien Bellino. And uh, you can find You Might Know Her From wherever you listen to podcasts. And if I can plug um, this coming Thursday, um, after you're hearing this, um, we have Eileen Davidson on. <gasps> so no! Which you and I have been talking about forever. So she is on. We talk about her acting career, but... Of course, we talk about Housewives and quite a bit. So um, she has some good intel from behind <gasps> the scenes. I'm not sure if she was vibing my energy. So come and listen and you can hear her vibe with it or not. What was that like? Fascinating. Fascinating. She's like really exactly what you think she would be, which can be a little <gasps> bit intimidating because she's so like yeah. level-headed. And like mm-hmm. she was like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, this is just who I am. <laughs> So um, check imagine? that on Thursday. Every new episodes drop. You can find us like Spotify, iTunes, wherever, and listen to that Eileen Davidson interview and tell me what you think. Oh my god, I can! I'm going to be first in line, and luckily there is no line because we can all listen to it at once, and that's the joy of being a podcast and not line <laughs> for a sample sale. Um, guys, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Um, would really appreciate it. And if you want to hear more about the Kelly Dodsich, I put up a little post giving my thoughts and feels the other day. Um, you can find that exclusively on Instagram, and also I think in this uh, Vice article that I'll read once we're finished recording in three seconds. Guys, die for you, love you, wear a mask, maybe to Bogo and Damien a pleasure to kiki with you as always let us know your thoughts on this week's episode send me your small business satchels and satchels of gold and we'll talk to you again next week